Hello and welcome to Saturday at 3. Uh, my name's Andrew Anderson and I'm joined tonight by Eddie as we look ahead to Rangers' upcoming friendly games against Newcastle and Hamburger and also break down the rest of the transfer business that's been happening since we last talked to you guys back on the 30th. Uh, Eddie, how you doing, man? I'm not bad, mate. Um, just kind of bored of waiting for the season to start. So although it's friendlies, I'm uh, pretty excited for Tuesday. Oh, I, I'm absolutely right there with you, man. The uh, the Rangers TV guys released highlights of one of the behind-closed-doors friendly games, and I was all over that like a dying man in the desert, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for football to be back now. Um, I've become bored and stale, so I'm excited. I'm excited to get into it. It's going to be exciting. I think we're going to have plenty of content coming up on Saturday at three as well. We're uh, planning to do a review of the Newcastle game uh, shortly after that, uh, that's complete. And uh, then, yeah, we'll be back into the rhythm, hopefully doing two pods a week, uh, giving the lovely listeners uh, plenty to listen to. Um, and you guys have been listening. The um, transfer window show that we put out uh, just two weeks ago is now the second most listened to episode on our entire network. So uh, either you guys really love what we're doing or you're all really bored of having no football uh, going on as well. Either way, we don't mind. You know, you guys are listening to the stuff. So that's very good for us. Uh, first things first, Iddy, uh, we've got some more transfers to cover, uh, some more incomings uh and one outgoing that made us both very sad as well uh but let's start with the uh the the happy stuff uh serial dessas confirmed coming in uh, around 4.5 million quid and leon balligan as well coming in uh, i think we suspect as uh, defensive cover for leon king who unfortunately picked up what looks like a, a long-term injury you know it wouldn't be Rangers otherwise, right? Uh, we'll do these both kind of in sequence, but uh, your take on Dess's first full man? Yeah, it's one that's been kind of rumoured for, for quite a while, so it was good to see it kind of finally come to fruition. Um, I think there was even a rumour at one point that he'd rejected us, but obviously that turned out to be nonsense. Um, it just goes to like show Michael Beale in kind of the midpoint into his tenure towards the end of last season he, he was talking about how we were one of the most wasteful teams he's ever seen in the final third and it, it just shows he wasn't just giving that kind of comments lip service he really did mean that he, he was disappointed in how we were taking our chances because that's now what three four new players in for that final third position of the field and um, he obviously identified that early as a weakness and is, is taking huge strides to kind of correct that and hopefully um, these new signings that he's brought in will be the ones that kind of take us that next step further and kind of push us into a more um, efficient attacking team which I think uh, would certainly delight every single member of the Rangers fan base and Dessers himself he's not someone that I in all honesty paid a great deal of attention to before we were linked to him um, in fact I you know I probably maybe seen him play once or twice in highlights but never actually noticed but as soon as we were linked to him you start kind of paying attention and he looks a canny player um you know but you can never tell and because whenever you go looking for highlights of players it's always going to show by the very nature of the term highlights their best bits so i'm just looking forward to seeing him play actually a full kind of 90 minutes for a few games for us so i can make a real judgment on what type of player he's going to be you know, we can only read so much into what the club's putting out, what we've seen of him in the past, etc. Um, it's playing for Rangers. It's it's unlike pretty much anywhere else you're going to be playing. Um, but 
obviously, because we're a podcast, we're going to need to do this kind of thing. Uh, let's let's vastly overanalyze all the transfer, all the Troy uh, training day footage, and uh, and everything else. Um, he's looking really good in that, um, finishing well, uh, playing well. By all accounts, the um, the training uh, week away in Germany has been very successful as well. Uh, players are all talking positively about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, Eddie, the, uh, the the forward areas are ones that we have needed to strengthen, obviously with Morelos and Kent leaving. Um, not to say that they were particularly effective last season, but they were certainly two big players for us up front. And having Seema, Lammers, and Dessas now all coming in, as well as Dowell, who I believe can play, if not right up top, but at least in that kind of uh, number 10 or um, sort of attacking midfield kind of area. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a statement of intent in terms of the area that Michael Beer wants to strengthen. So very exciting. And then, uh, then the second transfer that we've had in uh, since we last talked, uh, Leon Balogun. Uh, <laughs> Thing that I don't think was um, was being rumoured particularly heavily at all until the day before it happened, at which point it, it almost became like a certainty. Um, and I think, you know, the way that it came out, the speed of which it looks like the uh, the transfer was done, coupled with uh, the news that Leon King had suffered that contact injury in training and was going to be about out for a significant period of time. I think it's clear where Balogun's coming in, I don't think it's going to be as a first-teamer. I think it's, it is just that cover for effectively our fourth-choice centre-back uh, in Leon King. But uh, what's your take on uh, on Leon Balogun's return, did he? Yeah, it was a bit of a shock, to be honest. I mean, he's, he was well-liked when he was here the first time around, um, but I don't think too many people at the exact point where he left were massively upset. Although, in hindsight, like as the season progressed, we were kind of a bit lamenting it as where our options at the back kind of got a bit thin and then I thought it was just going to be one of those like Vladimir Vice where everybody every time we have a transfer window we're just like oh bring him home bring him home but like more kind of tongue-in-cheek so when it first kind of popped up I was like nah can't see that happening but then obviously when the news of Leon King's injury came out it became a bit more pressing and I've seen the fan base seems to have been split on the announcement of Balogun coming back it seems some people are delighted because he does have a bit of a, a cult following. And then others were saying, you know, it's a backward step. It's ridiculous. I think you have to view it in the context of he's not coming in realistically to be we're second centre back. He, he's not that. I would be very surprised if that was the reason he was brought in. I mean, it's it's perfectly clear he's being brought in to cover that kind of fourth, fifth choice centre back role that Leon King is currently playing. It's absolutely devastating for Leon King that he's got this injury that looks to keep him out for a significant portion of the season because he seems to be developing into a decent player. He's had ups and downs, some rocky starts, but he's he's still really, really young, especially for a centre-back. And, you know, he was thrown in at the deep end. And I, I thought, you know, there was definitely signs there that he, he can develop into a quality player. So injuries come at a poor time for him. But I think Balogun kind of fits what we need to cover that in the short term kind of perfectly so I'm happy with the deal he's only 19 so I think the issue that we had with him last season was that he I mean you said he was thrown to the deep end did he I think it's worse than that you know he was um he was abandoned in the deep end um you know he could maybe have expected to be playing like a Robbie McCrory type role where he would get a couple of games towards the end of the season and instead he's having to try and do his best against Mo Salah so it is not exactly the, the best way to uh to kind of 
kickstart your professional football career. I mean, yeah, you're you're right there. Although you're like saying a, a Robbie McCrory type role, whereas like what would two of the first like three or four games he played were old firms, were they not? So that's you know, true. He, he yeah. was thrown in the deep ends as well. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I totally get the point that you, you're saying. You're absolutely right. We wouldn't, you know, going into last season, we wouldn't have been expecting Leon King to be playing against Liverpool. Yeah, You know, we would be expecting to see him play against Livingston two or three games before the end of the season, that kind of thing. So, you know, it was a massive kind of jump for him to make. And like I said, you know, there were signs there that he was he's going to develop into a, a good player. And like you said, he's, what do you say, he's 19? I mean, that's yeah. extremely young for a centre-back. So, you know, the lad's going to have a, a... From what I've seen, my assumption is the lad's going to have a fantastic career that he can look back on and be proud. Um, and it's just a shame that he's he's taken this knock this season. But, you know, hopefully he'll bounce back stronger from it. Yeah, I mean, I think the hope will be, you know, come January. The, the club haven't put any kind of estimates on where and when he'll come back. Uh, it, I think it's still unclear as to the exact nature of the injury. But from context clues, you can probably read into it that it's maybe like a broken ankle or something like that, which is not ideal to come back from. Uh, the ankle, you're the medical professional here, and you're not me, but the ankle's got like lots of fiddly little bones in it, whereas the leg's got, you know, a couple of big ones. So it, it's it's a trickier one to, I think, recover from. But, you know, it's come at a decent time because he's not, you know, in that position where he will be battling to come back, uh, you know, desperate to reestablish his place in the team. He's got plenty of time to, to get himself uh, back in. Uh, as and when makes sense for him and for his development as a footballer. So, yeah, and and, and as for Leon Balogun as well, I, I think that there was some controversy around him going. I think, you know, a lot of fans felt that he could have contributed. Certainly with the 2020 hindsight, looking back at last season, he definitely could have contributed. Um, but for him to be coming in now, uh, I think he's he's someone who's valuable to have around the dressing room as well. Uh, it's one of those old cliches, but uh, someone who's got experience of being at this football club and winning things at this football club, uh, which is not exactly a commodity that's in abundance at the moment. That is something that's good to bring into that dressing room. And by all accounts, he's um, he's been one of the good leaders uh, or was one of the good leaders within that dressing room during the 55 season um, and the season following that as well. So, I think it's it's a pragmatic move uh, because from Michael Beale's perspective, it's not someone who's going to have to take ages explaining how the club works and what the systems are and and you know who who goes where, all that kind of thing. It's going to be the hopefully this uh, this ability to just slot back in fairly seamlessly and um, and yeah, just be able to play that role uh, as we said of the kind of fourth fifth choice uh, centre back. Let's come on to the sad news now, Eddie. Um, player going out that we both had uh, high hopes for, who we both rated. Uh, Antonio Cholak leaving for 2.5 million quid, approximately, uh, heading out to Parma. So a good move for him. Uh, you know, probably the signing of the season, uh, last season, if you take the whole season. Um, leaves the club as the top goal scorer for that season as well, uh, I think, and has made a profit for us as well, uh, around 0.7 million quid. So all in all, not exactly a bad transfer, but I think, unfortunately, it's just someone who Michael Beale didn't see slotting into the team. Yeah, you, you're right. It's uh, For me, I'm 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 guided because I like Cholak. I felt like he, you know, he came in, he, you know, he took to the club straight away. He made an impression on the 
pitch. He was scoring goals, great finishing, and then he had that kind of injury um, towards the winter time, and then he never really seemed to feature an awful lot after that. He was picking up knocks here and there, um, and Michael Beale clearly didn't fancy him. He doesn't fit into the kind of system that Beale wants to play. You know, it's disappointing because I liked him, but I can understand why they've decided to move on. Um, and you know, you're, you've absolutely nailed it there. I, I think when we look back and view it just purely as a, a business viewpoint, the signing of Antonio Cholak was a success. Like you say, he came in, um, he contributed, he was a top goal scorer, he then leaves and makes us a profit. You know, you, you can't ask for much more than that. That's that's the ideal transfer. Comes in, contributes on the pitch and leaves for more money than he came in for. Yeah, I mean... If we want to get back to a more sustainable position where we're not having to rip up the entire football team every single summer window, uh, then that's the, exactly the kind of transfer model that you need to start getting back towards. You've got players who come in for a couple of seasons and then leave having made a good impact on the team and have made you some money. Ideally, you want all your transfers to be like that, but you need to have that churn, I think, keeping things fresh. Uh, because that's the situation that we got into uh, come last season, where we had too many players who'd been around for too long and had just become stale. So I'm, I'm sad to see Tony Goals go, because we did give him the nickname. Uh, that's, uh, that's Dave's. Um, he'll always have that. Um, we'll always have the good memories of uh, Tony Goals as well. Um, but yeah, sorry to see him go. But I think the idea is he's uh, he's making room for someone we'll come on to talk about uh, just in a little bit. But before we do that, um, I want to have a look at the rest of the team as it stands now, Eddie. Um, there's a few players who are either strongly rumoured or, you know, maybe we'd like to see them go. Um, but um, I just wanted to go through them quickly and, uh, yeah, get your take in terms of should they stay, should they go? I suspect the answer will be go, but, uh, yeah, we can kind of get a lay of the land. Uh, first up, Glenn Kamara. Uh, I think he wanted to leave two seasons ago at this point, but... Certainly, I feel like this is the the last time, uh, you know, the the game that we played at the end of last season. That was the last time we were going to see him in a Rangers shirt. He's not been featured particularly heavily in any of the training videos. Um, I'm not entirely sure if he even made the trip out to Germany, but I think he's certainly one who the writing is on the wall for. Yeah, I think it's time for him to go. It's it's, uh, it's a shame how it's kind of petered out because he came in um, extremely cheap from Dundee. Made a really solid impact, looked an absolutely fantastic player. And then, obviously, there was the um, situation um, in the Europa League that was horrendous. And obviously, it it affected him quite deeply. And and no human being should have to go through what he did at that point. And then uh, that clearly took its toll. He kind of started to take a bit more of a backseat. And then, obviously, with Bassi and Aribo, who he was heavily rumoured to be really good friends with they left and last season he just didn't seem to to really have much of an impact at all you know it felt like he didn't want to be there his time at the club was up and you know it was probably best for everyone to try and look to move to move on um if he does move on i think it is the right decision and he'll go with my warmest um you know thanks uh, i think he's been really good for the club i've enjoyed seeing him when he was playing at his best but unfortunately you know sometimes a career just needs to move on needs a bit freshen up on both ends and I think that's the situation here um 
I like Kamara and I would I would rule his transfer again as being an overall success because we'll make a lot more than 50,000 from him, I'm assuming. Yes. So uh, <laughs> overall, I would say, again, another success, but unfortunately, it probably is best for everyone. It's time to move on. Yeah, I think that's the situation right there. Um, I, I look back at last season and the only good game that I can think that he had was uh, the game just after we'd signed uh, Raskin and Cantwell, where he, him and Lundstrom looked like they were playing as though their careers depended on it. Um, and I think they were. Uh, the problem was, uh, after that, he just never really made an impact. So I agree, it's 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 that staleness again. He, he is part of that squad who did good things for us, but that was a while ago and he's not been pulling up trees since then. So, um, so yeah, I think as you said, it'd be best for both parties that, uh, that you move on. Another player who's probably looking at their career prospects in terms of their move is uh, Ross McCrory, who according to rumors in the papers, looks like he's heading out. Um, I think there's a desire on his part to play first team football. I understand that Michael Beale had sat down with him and said, you know, he was going to be the, the second choice keeper, you know, playing in cup games, um, you know, effectively the, the McLaughlin treatment that um, that he got last season. But uh, now it looks like, given his age, he's 25 now, uh, I think he's keen to go and establish himself as that first team player. So it's a shame because I do rate him. And I think in the, the games that he played when, uh, you know, when we were at the tail end of the season, I think he looked really good in those, uh, and as as he said, he um, he'd um, he'd shown up not too badly in a few old firm games before that. So certainly hadn't looked out of place. But now we're at the stage where we've brought in uh, Butland. He has got the number one jersey at the moment. I think it's going to be difficult for him to shift him. And at this point, McCrory, I think, is entitled to want that that first team jersey uh, somewhere else. Yeah, you can't blame him at all. Um, it, it's do you know what it is? It's it was one of them really difficult scenarios. He wasn't going to accept being, or you know, my, from the way it's playing out, it seems he's not going to accept being number two. He will think he, when he came in towards the end of last season, he's done enough to deserve being a number one. And it's hard to argue that because he did play well. Um, I certainly had no complaints about any of the games he played in, but at the same time the fan base was never really going to accept um, him being our number one going into next season of how important it is. It was rightly or wrongly viewed as a risk. And the club have put, you know, laid out quite a substantial amount of money to bring Butland in. So the expectation is that Butland will be the number one. I know he's been given the actual number one jersey, but like the expectation is he will be the number one choice goalkeeper um, because of the investment. So McCrory's got to look at that and, he, you know, he's going to say, well, I'm 25. I've been here a number of years. When I've came in, I've always performed. But, you know, now I need to start looking after myself and look for kind of my career projection and, and start getting kind of number one uh, playing time. Because, you know, he'll, he'll want to feature for Scotland as well. He'll not just have mm-hmm. kind of goals to, to, to be the number one for a, a league team. He'll be looking to be Scotland's number one as well. And you can't get... You, it'll be difficult to end up as Scotland's number one when you're sitting on the bench most weeks. Yeah, I think, it, as you said, it's that difficult situation. Butland's coming in. He's not on a small wage. And McCrory can see the writing on the wall. Uh, I think Rangers would love to keep him around. But we're in that position where we can't, you know, we can't force a player to stay if he doesn't want to stay. Um, so, 
it's sad to see him go because I think there were always high hopes for him. But ultimately, the timing or the choice of managers or the decision to play or not play him, I think, unfortunately, it's just been a season too long where where he's not been able to get that first team jersey, where he's not been able to nail that starting spot down. And, uh, and yeah, season leave the club. Um, again, this is still rumoured. Hell, you know, we could be talking in a week's time and he'll, he'll still be here. But... Um, that's the way the situation looks at the moment. Uh, moving on then, a couple other players who uh, we've heard some more transfer speculation around. Uh, Borna Barisic and Scott Wright, both, again, rumoured to be leaving. Scott Wright, certainly a player who I think it's unlikely will will feature because he's one of those forward players. We've just brought in three new forward players. That pushes him down the pecking order. I don't know for sure if he'd be inclined to stay in any event. But it's that tricky thing where he would probably go to another Scottish Premier team, probably be able to nail down a starting spot, but he's going to take a hit in salary. So from his personal perspective, it's a question of what does he want to do? Does he want to go out and play football for less money or is he quite happy sitting as a squad player for, for Rangers and uh, you know picking up more money? Yeah, um, I yeah. I, I'm going to limit what I say here because I, I don't really want to start a preseason <laughs> podcast slagging a player off or, or being not particularly nice about a player. I hope mm-hmm. Scott Wright finds the appropriate move for his career. <laughs> That's very magnanimous of you to say so, Eddie. Um, and and uh, as I said earlier, Borna Barisic as well. Again, this is a situation where we've, you know, last season now made a considerable outlay for a new left back and um, Rid van Yilmaz certainly again in that last half of the, the season looked like he was firmly establishing himself as that first choice left back. Is it just a question of, you know, we try and capitalise on that while going's good? Because Borna, I believe, still has uh, two years left on his contract or at the very least a year. So this is pretty much the last chance that we have to to sell him for any kind of money. And there's a player ahead of him at the moment in the pecking order. So is this just a case where it works out best for both parties? It's the right time to sell a player, which I know is unusual for Rangers, but, you know, maybe we could do it once. Yeah, it probably is the right time, let's be honest. Um, Ridvan came in towards the end of the last season and has looked quite a tidy player. I didn't warm to him before his injury. I thought he still had quite a bit to, to kind of show, but... Um, when he came in again, once he was over his injury and came back in, I thought he looked a, a tidy player. And then Sterling's come in, who's a, a fullback as well. Um, you know, so we've got cover in that area. Barisic has had a rocky Rangers career. Um, sometimes he's been absolutely fantastic. Sometimes he's been uh, less so. And it probably, you're right, it, it probably is the perfect time for all parties for him to move on. And um, if he does, I'll, again, I'll wish him well in the rest of his career and thank him for his time. Again, it's one of those things where he's coming for 1.5 million and the idea is that apparently we'd be looking for more than that for, for him to leave. So, again, he's come in. He's had a decent impact. Some would argue could have been better, but uh, certainly has um, has been a, a decent player for us and um, probably has repaid that 1.5 million at least in terms of how, how he's played occasionally at least. So, yeah. Again, I mean, we're, we're only kind of uh, reporting on the rumour and speculation that's out there. There's um, there's no one else, I think, within the squad that's, uh, that's looking to move out, at least not in terms of the first team players. You know, there, there were noises about Yanis Hadji earlier in the uh, transfer window. Those have quietened down now. Uh, but 
again, I think, you know, we've got a number of players. Certainly, I think anyone who was around in the squad last season uh, who isn't named James Tavernier or Connor Goldson uh, probably could see themselves uh, moving out if the fee is right. Uh, Campbell and Raskin are probably the only other two out of that lot who are totally safe. So it's it's a transitional season. Ultimately, every player is uh, is there to be uh, to be sold out. If the I also right. hope though we keep a hold of Lundstrom just to annoy Chris. Well, obviously you you and me will both agree anything that annoys Chris bet obviously very important. Um, and um, this will definitely annoy Chris, but Lundstrom did look like a good player come the come the end of the last season. You know, in terms of our midfield options. Um, uh, as much as it might have pained me to say it occasionally, but between him and Kamara, as I said, uh, that game just after Raskin and Camel came in, both of them showed up well. Lundstrom did continue to show up fairly well after that. So um, I know it will piss off Chris, but hell, that's what I live for. So I don't care. <laughs> um, but again, it, it's one of those things. I think if a, if a good bid comes in for him, then, um, then yeah, he'll go. But... He's not shown any signs of agitating for a for a move, and uh, yeah, he's a he's a player who can still do a job for us. Yeah, uh, you, no, I mean you're right. He did look alright towards the end of last season, and he's been pivotal in welcoming the new players to the club. I mean, mm-hmm. him and Dowell clearly seem to have hit it off quite well. Oh, mile a minute, those two. <laughs> chat, chat, chat. Um, no, for sure. I, I think. It's, it's an interesting balance, although the temptation is, obviously, we want to rip out the entire team and start over. Realistically, you can't actually do that, because otherwise you'd be importing 20 players rather than, you know, the, the nine or ten that it looks like we're going to be doing. So, yeah, some players will stick around. Lundstrom might well be one of them. If that annoys Chris, more, more the better. So, uh that about covers us in terms of outgoings or at least rumoured outgoings, but there's a couple more players who rumours have been kicking around about in terms of incomings. So first of all, Sifuentes uh, from LA Galaxy. This one has been around for a while. I believe the, the US season is just about coming to an end now, um, or at least it, the idea will be that he'll be in the last year of his contract. Or no, wait, it's going to be the last six months of his contract that he's coming into. And so in theory... He can sign a pre-contract with us now, um, but I believe the desire is to get him in, uh, obviously, for the start of our season, as opposed to the crazy American system. So that's still ongoing. But, I mean, Eddie, have you got any thoughts, views on Sifuentes? Have you you know, checked out the stand highlight reel? Yeah, again, it's one of them, you know, I'd never heard of him until we were linked with him. Um, everybody <laughs> on Twitter seemed to have known about him from... His of youth career, apparently, um, but <laughs> I'd never heard of the guy until we were linked with him. But, you know, his highlights have looked good, but that, again, that is the whole point of a highlight. Um, this just seems to have dragged on. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of fed up of hearing his name being mentioned that he might be signing or he is going to be signing. I just uh, sign him. Once it's done, great. But until then, I'm I'm just kind of bored of the story. <laughs> I think, if nothing else, the player's keen on the move because he's been interacting with Rangers fans on Twitter. So that's always a good sign. I'm sure nothing bad could well, possibly come from that. Yes, it, it's, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's always a good sign. I think some of his interaction <laughs> wasn't uh, it wasn't the best of signs. But yeah, <laughs> let, let's assume that was his social media team. 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, and the other player, rumoured, uh, especially in the light of uh, Cholak leaving us, uh, is Danilo from Feyenoord, uh, the Eredivisie's top scorer. So obviously knows where the uh, the onion bag is. Uh, but yeah, another forward player. Very exciting to be linked with. Um, this one, again, similar to the Dessers one, in fact, has kind of ebbed and flowed. You know, he was in then, you know, he was just an alternate in case the Dessers thing didn't work out. Um, we've since signed Dessers. We're still being linked with him. I think there's still very much interest from Rangers. And uh, Feyenoord and Rangers, I think, have gone back and forth in terms of the uh, the pricing there. But this one would be particularly exciting if we got over the line, really. Yes, th- this one is one that... Uh... I do actually know of um, before we were linked to him. And this is the one that, for me, this is the real jewel in the crown signing. Um, I'm really hopeful we can get this one over the line because he will be an exciting player to see in a Rangers shirt. And he appears to be very keen on the move as well. Um, He's, you know, he's liked a few tweets around it. And then his latest... um, bit of social media work seems to be a picture of him looking over a sea which people have interpreted to be him cryptically saying about the blue sea of ibrox um so yeah Look, this wouldn't be social media without someone drastically <laughs> over reading into something would as it? soon as i seen all the comments i was like eh, i can see where they've got it but we might be stretching it a little bit here but i'm gonna run with it um so yes hopefully we can we can get this deal hammered out over the next couple of days and get him in and get him mixing him with the squad because this will be a, a really really exciting signing yeah uh, i completely agree as i said you know he's he's certainly someone who the, the wiki test checks out on um he's got the stats to to back up the hype uh, as it were so yeah very exciting and and seeing the show like move i think kind of confirms your suspicions that we are looking to still do some business in those forward areas uh, i think we're in a position where we still need to strengthen that him coming in would absolutely do that so yeah and as you say Eddie, you know we're, we're under a little bit of time pressure now uh we're recording this uh saturday night and come tuesday we're playing our first um in front of the cameras uh pre-season friendly uh alan mcgregor's testimonial against newcastle should be very exciting. I believe we'll both be there. So um, we'll meet up for a pint or something non-alcoholic in your case today. Um, and yeah, it should be a good time to uh, catch up, but also check out some of the players and see how the uh, the kind of Michael Beale era uh, starts shaping up. But yeah, I mean, in terms of your thoughts, what what I, I guess what I want to ask is predicted lineup for, for this game. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. Like I've seen a few people mention they might they were wondering what kind of a lineup it'll be. I imagine it'll be a mainly the first team because it hasn't been badged as a Rangers legend. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has purely been badged as Rangers v Newcastle for the testimonial. So, I, but I, I am expecting one or two perhaps of Alan's uh, Alan McGregor's old teammates um, in there. But I don't know. The hard part here is it's a testimonial for a goalkeeper. And yeah. you usually assume in a testimonial that player will play most of the game, but I'm not sure if I can see Alan McGregor playing most of the game. Um, let's assume he sure. starts. Or, <laughs> I'm not sure assume... I want to see Alan McGregor no, playing again. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, let's assume he finishes the game rather than starts so that he can get a, mm. a round of applause, although they might start so they can get brought off for a standing ovation. Um, so we'll, we'll rule the goalkeeper a bit out, but you're probably looking at what... Tav, is Suter fit again yet? Suter's fit. He's been training, so, um, okay, so maybe Tav, maybe him Suter, and uh, Davis. 
Um, maybe he's Ridvan, midfield of Campwell, Raskin, and um, Lundstrom, I would imagine. And then a forward line of Seema, Lammers, and um, Dessers. Do yeah. you think? No, I don't think that's a million miles off from, from what we'll get. And then I, I think, I think... We'll probably see Dowell and, and Hadji play a part at some point. Um, yeah, Sterling Balogun as well. Balogun and Sterling maybe to come on for the second half. Um, you know, get some time at Ibrooks. Because uh, I think for some of these boys, obviously it's going to be the first time they're playing there as well. Um, so that's always going to be a good thing to, to do. As I, I far think... as I know... Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, as, as far as I know, Newcastle are bringing a fairly substantial support up for it as well. So um, there, there should be a decent atmosphere in the in the stadium as well. So Yeah, I think they're bringing about 8,000. Mm. It's yeah, quite so... me, um because like, I, I used to go to Newcastle games as well, um, and I haven't been to one since... Um, I went to one game after my son was born, actually, but I haven't been uh, pretty much since then. So it'll be nice for me to see... Um, my team play against the the other team that I used to support for a number of years is kind of my second team, um, and to see the two of them play because the, obviously the only other time they've played in my t- my lifetime that I can think of is uh, we played a Rangers played at St James's Park in a in a preseason tournament. Um, uh, I remember Olivia Bernard scoring an absolute screamer in that game, and then Bobby mm-hmm. Robson being upset that the, that our fans made fun of Alan Sheeter. It's the only <laughs> memories I have from that game. Um, I think it was probably about two thousand two, two thousand and three, maybe, because I was doing exams at the time in school. Uh, wow, so okay, it'll, be, it'll right. be a really nice game to go and kind of watch, um, and it'll be it'll be good to see both teams and see how they line up. I'd be quite uh, interested to see if there are any of. McGregor's old teammates come in. I'd quite like to see Barry Ferguson play, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> well, if we can't have any other Ferguson, we can at least have Barry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, I think it'll be a good occasion. Uh, it's, it's certainly a kind of good opportunity for some of these players to get a taste of Ibrox under the lights and, uh, and check it out. But we, um, we will cover... All the reaction, all the fallout from that. I think in a midweek pod, we'll uh, we'll discuss that, what the lineups were, how we think the team looked. Uh, we'll make you know massive generalizations about every single player, and we can uh, choose to completely write off uh, the entire squad, or we'll um, we'll massively overinflate them and say that they're going to win the whole fucking thing. So you know, either way, it'll be a good time, Eddie. Let's be honest, if we don't win, Chris will be on saying the season's over anyway. <laughs> Chris is already saying that we're but... all doomed, so <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens on the pitch. <laughs> it is um, a good opportunity, though, for us to see. I, I know like it's pre-season, so you can't read anything like, into it, but you know, this is the kind of level of teams we're going to be facing in the Champions League. They might, they, they, they'll be a bit above um, mm-hmm. some of the potential opponents we'll have, but you know, this is a... a the kind of level that we'll be looking at playing against so it'll be good to see whether we're going to be going into potentially Champions League if not you know Europe League with um, a chance or whether we're looking at more kind of 7-1 hidings. I'd be keen to avoid that um, so so yeah let's uh, let's not go for that one but yeah it, it's it's seeing what we've been working on in pre-season and seeing how the team line up and how the team play as well you know we, we'd be hopeful there's more of a system in place there we can see how well the, the players are going to fit together see how many partnerships are developing all that kind of stuff so it'll be exciting it'll be interesting to see and uh, as I said we'll hopefully be uh, taking a look back at uh, a, a good Rangers win uh, I'll, I'll just point out uh, that was tongue in cheek about the seven one hidings. We're certainly not, or I'm, I'm a, 
hoping we're not going into Champions League games with uh, Leon King and uh, James Sand type centre back pairings. Yeah, uh, although as soon as we see Lundstrom warming up next to uh, Leon Balogun, then uh, then we know it's going to be an interesting kind of night. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, absolutely going to be uh, good stuff coming up. Uh, Iddy, been a pleasure talking to you, mate. Uh, thank you as ever for coming on. No, it's been a pleasure. Um, I always love talking about Rangers, and it's just you know we're getting towards that. But it's, the excitement's starting to build just for the season starting again, and it's it's great to get kind of back into the swing of things and talking about the upcoming season in a positive way. So it's been it's been fun. Thank you. No, no, no worries at all, Eddie. Uh, as as you say, you know the the competitive stuff's coming up quite quickly. Uh, as we record tonight, we're a month away from the real football. So um, yeah, let's get ready. Uh, all the coverage will be here. We'll be covering all the friendly games. We'll be breaking them down, previewing and reviewing them. We'll also keep you updated with any transfers as well. And as ever, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, uh, Eddie, hey, I never get to do this. What's the email address that everyone can reach us on? Uh, yes, yeah, so it is contact at Saturday at three dot co dot UK and that's Saturday at three all letters, no numbers. Good stuff. Honestly, I know why Chris doesn't now. You just get a little rush of power. It's very nice. Um, <laughs> you can catch our podcast on pretty much every podcasting network out there. Uh, you can also follow us all over the place on social media, uh, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we'll probably start up uh, threads at some point if that turns out to be a viable Twitter alternative. Although who can tell these days? Um, so, yeah. Any questions, any comments, feedback? We read all of them. We love to see them, um, positive or negative. Any negative feedback, obviously, for Chris only. Any positive feedback, me, Eddie, and the rest of the guys, uh, that's where we like to see it. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you again soon. Bye for now.